0: Hi everyone, welcome to Better Homes and Dungeons. This week we're discussing discussing dietary requirements in the bedroom, and that if you have celiac disease, you should avoid wheat, no matter how much of a gluten for punishment you are. (laughs) Yeah, no, okay, I can appreciate that. (laughs) I'm I'm glad you can, Bill. Um, That's fair. Joining me this week are two people that I am stupidly, stupidly honoured and... Tickled every potential shade of, of light red one could be um, it, It's Bill and Danny from Escape the Podcast um,
1: you, you keep saying things like that, you're just going to get a lot of <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm perfectly
2: okay with uh, no, no, thank you, thank you for having us no. we're, we're glad to be here
1: I turn into a cartoon pig when I get complimented
0: <laughs> Perfect So noted <laughs> um, So, so um, t- tell us about what Escape the Podcast is all about Actually, tell, what, tell it, tell it. Yeah, Before you do so, that, everyone, go listen to it, and then come back. All right. Well, so, wasn't that fun? Yeah, so yeah.
1: This will be old news now, but go yeah, for so it. Yeah,
2: now, so now you all know, but just to, just in case you weren't paying attention. So, uh, so Danny and I do Escape This podcast, um, which is a show that's a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles, is my spiel at the start of every episode. Uh, so effectively, Danny, who is the smart, intelligent, person who, who who creates this podcast, designs escape rooms, which for people who don't know escape rooms, they're rooms full of puzzles that you finish in a sequence to try and escape. They have a narrative and a story and characters and Ideally. theming. Well, Yours all do. Um, and uh, so Danny creates escape rooms, but as audio only adventures. So they play like a D&D game or a tabletop role-playing game. They also play sort of like an old text adventure. So if you've played Zork, it's like Zork with puzzles. Um, and we make a new one of those every two weeks we have guests come on and play through the room and try and solve it and and get out Uh, and we also make all those rooms freely available to anyone else who wants to play them so if you enjoy an episode you can download the entire room notes and run it as a gm for your friends or family or enemies
1: which people do which is so nice people
2: run it for their enemies (laughs) <laughs> well, probably. Well, we know some teachers run it for their students, so yes, oh, close enough.
0: <laughs> it's, 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 it's enemies in a very um, Terry Pratchett kind of way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lovely. Um, and and you both have a, a little bit of um, tabletop roleplay game experience as well. Um, I think Bill, you you and I had a chat. I think you said that Danny is current. Danny was at the time, if Josh remembers correctly, um, DMing a Savage Lands game.
1: Uh, Savage Savage World, World. sorry, sorry. The the, the, the simplified Deadlands. Um, Yeah, that's still happening at the moment. You know, when we managed to get together, I... I'm a terrible improviser, which you'd think would be bad for GMing, but it's actually much worse for playing and much easier to control <laughs> everything as GM. So yeah, that's Fair. what works for me. Um Bill was actually the one who introduced me to tabletop role playing way back in the teenage days.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I started um I started on a on a now actually even then defunct system uh, of of Merp. I played Middle-earth role playing by
0: Iron Crown. Yeah, you said um, which you by said the time I first I love the I love yeah. the um the critical damage tables in in that game. They were great. Oh, They're so good! That is what makes that okay.
2: So it's an old enough game that it's super. It's like table based. It takes ages to do anything. It, lots of lookup in tables, and it's
1: very unforgiving. Um,
2: but th- like the critical. System for that is one of the, my, the most enjoyable things I've had in a role-playing system um, This isn't pertinent to the episode, but it's really cool You you roll damage, which gets you a certain level of critical You roll the critical, and they all have these little paragraph descriptions It's sort of like a precursor to playing with a crit deck When you're playing, you know, you draw like a, a card whenever you get a critical in D&D As a sort of a with, supplement, which is the same sort of system We're supposed to do describe. Ever? No, no, <laughs> but it's 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 something that some people do to supplement their okay. games. They play uh, Pathfinder or 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 D and D games. People will often get like crit decks where they'll where they'll have descriptions of like, okay, this is a special crit that does X Y Z. Okay, and all of of Middle Earth role playing was built that way, and it was really fun. So it'd be like you crush the enemy's leg and his knee explodes, and you take and he takes this extra damage and he's stunned for this many rounds, etc., etc. It's a really fun system. Um,
1: Especially when it, when you manage to crit fail and cut out your own tongue. Yeah, that's
2: pretty bad. Lots of f- fumbles that kill you in that game. The one I remember
0: um, um, was, it was to do with an arrow. And it was like, your arrow sails, like, you know, just punches directly through the enemy's ears, um, removing their brain <laughs> and any spare earwax it finds. So, yeah, so so that's the system I started on,
2: uh, which was a lot of fun, Uh back when I was... And I ran a few games in that system for, for Danny and some friends. Uh, we've played... We've played some original Deadlands. We've played... Uh, uh, Savage Worlds has been really fun playing that. A few other systems here and there. Uh, we've played, I think, one session of D&D. Or we played D&D, I think, twice. Once mm. on a podcast and once with some people we never saw again.
1: And I have no problem um, with it. I enjoy it a yeah. lot. It I, just no, mostly, happens to not be we, the one oh, that we We used to play with. a lot
2: of the, uh, the Green Ronin... Oh, uh, Dragon, Dragon Age. Age RPG, which was really oh. fun. It's a really nice, simple system uh, set in the Dragon Age universe. Okay. Uh, really fun. Had a lot of fun with that. Long-term mm-hmm. campaign with that one, with a few of our friends. Uh, but yeah, just been doing that since, what, since I was like 14 or something. Have, so, you,
0: have you played any of long the Great power games? <laughs>
2: Uh, they're the 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 single page, the one pages. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like Honey Heist. Yes, Honey Heist. I, yes. I
1: was just saying. Yeah. I was just saying. I think it'll work really well for us if we do, but we haven't actually played. No, it we any. haven't
2: played any. When I, I'm, I have like a, I've, I don't think I've ever played a one shot, game. I've never played a one page RPG, and I've never played a pre written campaign.
0: True. Okay. Have you ever? So mostly I just hope Have you ever? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but no, I'd like to, I'd like to do a bit You, more. you should, um, I've played Honey Heist and Goat Crashes, And like the joke is it's pretty well the same game, just different animals um, mm. <laughs> But when, it, it's a great game as well to like I wouldn't necessarily say introduce people to the idea of tabletop roleplay games Because they're pretty silly But it's certainly a very good way of getting a group to really bond very quickly because everyone suddenly mm-hmm. thinks, well, okay, well, if we're all just going to be silly, I feel comfortable being silly with all of you. True. that also... definitely
1: gets you into the idea of being able to explore possibilities, I guess yeah. you'd say. Because <laughs> when you start with such limited... Like, it's such a limited beginning, you just say, cool. I mean, you're this. Go. Yeah. You kind of got to use a bit of ingenuity there. I,
0: I also think it's great because when you're playing a bear and you have to heist some honey... And there's no rules like, okay, well, there's not a to hit role or there's not a to this role. It's mm. what do you want to do? Like the the absolute scope of the universe is before you.
1: For sure. Mm. People talk about that. I've seen people online, some part of all the D&D forums, even though I don't actually play it, that people compare D&D systems to others and talk about how it is so fighting-centric, which is still baffling to me it feels like you don't have to do that but I can sort of understand when people say so many of the mechanics are built around fighting so it's not a surprise that lots of campaigns end up quite substantially focused Mm. around it compared to other ones that don't have those rules therefore fighting isn't the first thing you think to do as much as it is in D&D
0: yeah that's fair (laughs)
1: That, that being said, Fighting though, is never um, the first one, thing I think of, but... No, that's true.
0: One spell I am almost prepared to completely outlaw is um, Charm Person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's fair.
2: But actually, I had a really fun time with a similar spell, uh, I think, in a MURP campaign that we played. Oh,
1: yeah?
2: Uh, it was one of one of my favourite uh, kind of moments oh, of the campaign. Oh, I remember that. Which this. involved Danny's character. So Danny played a character who had a spell, which is like Charm Person... Uh, but what it does is it makes the other person believe that you are an old friend. Specifically is the wording of the spell. Um, so rather than just they like you, it's they, th- in their memory, you you just are an old okay, friend. This is like that Rick so and Morty episode. In... Exactly. Yeah. So Danny came into the campaign uh, just for one session as a villain. But I introduced her to the party as one of the character's old friends. So I just said to him, like, oh, this is... She, you know, like, he knew, oh, a person's coming for one session. This is just a way to introduce the character. So like, oh, yeah, she's an old friend of yours. You know, she... you, you know. And so he took it as, like, a... All right, I'll roleplay with that as my information, like, uh, that it's true. And so as a person, he believed it was true until, like, an hour in when the spell wore off and I took him into the other room and I was like, okay, you've never met this person in your life. And it was just a wonderful moment to change the, 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 the session halfway through. That was really fun.
0: I quite That's enjoyed it. That is... Give me a second. I need a pen and a piece of paper. I just need to write this down. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: like... That was the thing about the merp system. The spells were fascinating. Yes. They were never straightforward combat spells. You could, be a, a, you could spells. be a level
2: four wizard in, in merp, and the only, like, spells... You had one really low damage spell, and the rest were all just like, make some dirt appear on someone's shoulder. And
0: you're like, okay, that cool. That being said... <laughs> you know, that, that be, warm that up being one said.
2: cubic foot of water. Slowly. That being
0: said... One thing I really, really like about druids in 5th Ed is their versatility. Like, move earth is easily one of my favorite spells as far as what you can just suddenly do to someone. And how you can just suddenly mm-hmm. mess with the Dungeon Master's campaign. Like, any encounter. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. And I mentioned this in a, in a previous episode. One idea I had to get a druid out of a, out of a bad spot was use move earth to hurl dirt up in two massive demons' face. And then because he was a certain kind of druid, he'd be able to change into a mole and then dig his way into the hill. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was I didn't think of it at the table and that character died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay, cool. So you guys have got... We, we I think we could definitely say a, a pretty... Decent amount of experience with with the old TTRPG. Like I, <laughs> I mean, the yes. <laughs> I, I actually, in some ways, because because I started with um, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, the the original Red Box. I went into Second Dead. Mm. I've played a little bit of Rifts, a little bit of and other strangeness, um, and then took a massive break and only just came back to D and D like two years ago, because I listened mm. to way too many of those penny arcade. Acquisitions Incorporated, and that kind of did it. I was like, "Yeah, this is what I'm about now. I want to do this." So, (laughs) this is this is me again. I'm back. Look, it's it's one of those weird things that people say. Oh, you know, tabletop roleplay games. What kind of nerd plays those? And it's like, well, usually one with a really good social life if they get into it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: Apparently, it is becoming the new up and coming kids thing. Oh, really? Kids well, all Well, you get already and... knew that, like, oh, about okay. Daniel being into it. Like, oh, that's right. Everyone, I've got a nephew who's in year eight, and apparently Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering and all that sort of stuff, it's crept into children.
0: Get your kids into Magic the Gathering. They'll never have money for drugs. That's the... <laughs> oh, that was like Warhammer when I was
2: young. Uh, yeah. It was just this thing. It was just like, would you like to buy a small plastic figurine? He's only $90. I
0: have got a copy of the... Um, and you'll never play the game. I've got a copy of the Rogue Traders TTRPG. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's set in the Warhammer universe. My only problem is, like, it's... You know, have you played or looked at Call of Cthulhu?
1: Haven't actually played it. it. No, plenty about it.
0: no bit. It looks like that kind of system where it's like, okay, this is a D one hundred, but I think the problem is it's made by people who miss things like three point five D and D or fourth edition, where it's (laughs) like you don't just roll an attack; you roll this specific skill that does all these things, and it's like, oh, just shoot me. (laughs) Like,
2: well, we had that. We had that playing original Deadlands where to do an attack you have to roll to see whether you hit then you roll a separate d20 to see where that hit hits. This then you roll familiar, again yeah. to see how much damage you do. Then you divide that damage by six to see how many wounds they take as a result of that damage.
1: And don't forget, they have poker chips that they can use to deflect some of this. Mm. And any
2: single time you roll any of those dice, if they ever hit the top result, you roll them again and add it onto the top. It's just, it's just you. to do a single attack took like six different dice rolls. It was hilarious. That's just silly.
1: It was fun. Yeah, that's why I didn't <laughs> play much of that one. Yeah, it was Loved a bit too. It, but... I think, but that's
2: not like current Deadlands isn't like that. They refi- oh, that's, that's right. original they Deadlands when God. they fit, refined it and they created Savage Worlds. They took about eighty percent of those
0: yeah. rolls out, <laughs> so you. it's yeah. pretty good. Well, I mean, it's the same with D and D. Like, I mean, the old Thacko table. <laughs> oh my gosh, Thacko. <laughs> uh, yeah, the...
1: <laughs> never played with it. I'm glad. Of yeah, Thaco wild. You, yeah,
2: you, you should, should make be playing like old. Yeah, even when you go back and play like old games, like like even like original Baldur's Gate, and you just look at like, oh, my armor class is zero, is that, is that
0: good? Yeah. Or, oh, it's amazing. I guess
2: like it's just wild. It's just so I hard. I
0: never, I never finished so Baldur's Gate two. I got up to um, like I, I played it when it was a new video game, and I got up to a certain point, like when you come out of the Underdark, and then the game had a screw you zoo guy moment. Um where the wonder the terrible thing about the game is if someone went hostile to you, everyone around you suddenly went hostile. Excellent. <laughs> and so I had to slaughter my way through like a bunch of people that were actually really necessary characters to me. Like if you we
1: were just wonderful. talking about that and how much I hate that today
0: <laughs> it's good to it, yeah 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 and it's like oh for, like that's it I can't play this game and even playing the enhanced edition where apparently they fixed that I couldn't get up to that same point because I was just bored I was like I've done all this mm. I, yeah. I just I can't do this again <laughs>
1: that's Fair. tough yeah yeah, you were talking... What were you talking about? Just how in Morrowind you can yeah, kill all the of the important between, quest, quest between people? the difference between
2: Oblivion and Morrowind. In Morrowind you can just kill anybody and they just give you a message of saying, oh, you can't win the game anymore, deal with it.
0: That, that admittedly Shouldn't is just hit like him. a very, very petulant dungeon master. Like, no, 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 that's it, no. The world's, the world's dead oh, now. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your puny little lives. I don't care about you anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, actually, I wanted to say as well, um, I was listening to the Dungeons and Bandits thing that you did with the Dungeon Daddies people?
2: Oh, yes. Our, our <laughs> D&D themed escape room tabletop playing episode. Is that Dungeon Master? that's the one that was
1: a big lesson about why you can't put too many puzzles in a real Dungeons & Dragons
0: campaign. Uh, <laughs> <Fair>. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Actually, that, that is something that we should probably break down. When you do a dungeon crawl, because I've, mm-hmm. I've gone on record and said I'm not the biggest fan of dungeon crawls because i i find them not terrible to design like i use a i now use a map randomizer that i've found oh that's awesome rather than try and draw everything from scratch and then just add notes that
1: sounds like it and maybe
0: shade a few things add a couple of little objects but if you were doing say like a smallish dungeon crawl say like half a dozen rooms Mm -hmm. how many puzzle rooms would you put in that
1: in an actual campaign, likely... I wouldn't say... I'd most likely, by the way that I would normally define puzzles, say zero. I'm trying to think of some in the campaign. Sorry, there's at least one that you haven't met yet. Oh, yeah, don't yet. spoil
2: our current campaign for me. But
1: there's one that I guess is a puzzle. I think that the main thing for me is that when I design a puzzle, I design an answer or a couple of possible answers. Okay. But for D&D, I don't like coming up with answers. That's so right. they just... It feels like a difference between an obstacle and a puzzle. Because for me, a puzzle... Has to have a solution in mind. Does that sound right? Yeah,
2: I suppose. I suppose because yeah, like when we when we make escape, like so when Danny designs escape rooms, like we, they're played like TTRPGs, but with a different approach, right? They are distinctly a puzzle based format. People are here to solve puzzles, and you can say no to solutions that fall outside of what you want, right? someone says i want to break it you can always just say no no you don't break it or like you can't break it you know whereas
1: obviously in an rpg i absolutely don't want to do that i want to encourage them to break stuff if that's what they want to do
2: exactly right and it's also it's unenjoyable to be told you can't do that right i think this is why there's a tendency in role-playing games to and I think I talked. I've, I think I talked about this in in one of our post show kind of breakdown episodes that we do on our podcast.
1: You don't often um, see the sorts of things that is just a combination lock and some clues around yes, the
2: room. Right? Because if, because if I may
0: interject, so I think we actually need those yeah. in D anD. d
2: Yes, it's much harder to yeah. manage them, but, but, right? But
0: also, um, People should go and listen to those episodes of yours because I've I've listened to some of them and they they have given me ideas as to how to design things. And yes. I was just like, like, shit. I need to listen to this again and maybe even transcribe it just to reread it because it was like, this is, this is how you do this.
1: Well, mm. man, if you manage to like make anything that we've done work for a campaign, please let us know. We've had, we did have at least one person email in and say that they had taken a couple of puzzles and things from one of our episodes and put it into their D and D campaign. And my response was. Can you tell me how? Because that's really hard
0: I, I'm just going to cheat and say you, you you struggle with that door As hard as you can, but no It's it's inhumanly locked
2: <laughs> Tyler Because mm. well, this is the thing, right like, like The reason I think that when it comes to puzzles One of the stock standard role playing game Puzzles is to give someone a riddle Right? You go Here's a riddle It's written on the wall in runes And you've got to solve the riddle to do whatever, right? The reason that happens so much is because like the rule sets for tabletop role-playing games are all about how your character physically interacts with the world so when you give them a physical object to interact with they have a whole book full of ways that are like no actually in the rules here's how i'm allowed to interact with that or there's a lock i got a natural 20 on my lock picking skill there's a box i am so strong i should be able to break this you have this whole system of rules about, I can
1: make my hand intangible and yeah, just reach oh, I inside have a, that chest. You know, I
2: have a mage hand that can just get this. You know it's all the rules are about how to how to interact with a physical environment. So that when you want a puzzle where you can really control people's ability to can solve the puzzle, you have you end up making it so that it doesn't have any physical reality. Right? A riddle mm-hmm. doesn't exist in the physical world. It's a it's a it's a idea. So you they can't there's no rules in D and D for like I grab the riddle and I throw it over here and I get a 20 on hitting the riddle, I right? I set and it on worst fire case, and the run worst away. Thing you have to deal with...
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly,
2: right? The worst thing you have to deal with with riddles is some character being like, uh, my character has a 22 intelligence. Surely he just knows the answer. Okay, that's the only th- yeah. the only, only issue, right? And so when you have like a really satisfying puzzle, like a puzzle that feels good to do, mm. it's usually because it has tangible elements to it right the reason these escape room puzzles are fun is cuz it's like you climb over here you take this and you move it over here and then you like throwing stuff into a pot and the pot's changing colors and that like does this that but that's hard to manage in a D&D space
1: basically if you if the characters can conceivably eat an element of your puzzle <laughs> yeah, it's, then it's not it's going to be
2: hard someone's going to eat it yeah. uh,
1: I, I don't
0: and know. i think that's I why
2: people people go to riddles i don't think it's impossible i don't think it's impossible by any means i just think that's why there's a tendency to avoid those types mm. of puzzles. I think
0: you cuz they're hard I, I to manage. I think you could as long as there was some kind of expectation in the group where you say, "Look guys, we're going to do something a bit different in our game. I'm going to oh, bring course. this in." And as long as everyone's like, "Cool," then I I I think it's it's doable yeah, totally because I Yeah, have... totally different
1: groups will definitely be able to make that work. I yeah. mean, hell, the only reason any of our stuff works is because the guests we have come in knowing that this is a puzzle thing. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. That's we right. invite people on to solve puzzles. Yeah, I mean... Um... Uh, it is, it's a different mindset. It's true. I'm,
1: I'm trying to go... Oh, sorry, sorry. So... Oh, well, I was going to start a long Okay, thing, no, so... no, 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 stop. Well, I was thinking, because we started this by talking about dungeon crawls, and I'm trying to think back to, Billy, your character in our current Savage Worlds campaign. Yes, the the coolest guy ever. The way that he was introduced, he was searching a newly opened, reopened mine shaft tunnel, Mm. and that sort of thing, and I'm trying to remember what sort of rooms were there and there, what sort of things could conceivably have been puzzles. Like, the first thing that happened was you ended up at a fork in the road, and one of them just circled back. Is that a puzzle?
2: Exploration as a puzzle? A maze. Does that count? A little bit, I suppose. The next
1: thing that happened was you came to the underground lake of glowing flowers and
2: That's still a puzzle I'm in the midst of solving. Yeah,
1: that's totally fine. The puzzle, I suppose, of that is what are these things?
2: True. And we could and like because in our system uh, there's not just the role for identify magical item. I spent some time identifying it through experimentation, right? So I figured out that the it's a flower that glows when there are magical things. It is the detect it, magic. It, pre- it, it, pres- it detects the presence of magic, which I figured out through a whole series of fun experiments that we did. So that was a bit of a puzzle. Nice. We was at a moment where there was a pile of skeletons and yep. I preemptively worked out that one of them was going to was a real person. Yep. I just threw a weapon at them before they got up mm-hmm. to then be like, nah, I was just pretending to be a skeleton. So there was some there was some kind of
1: and then it ended with what I think it was the only thing that I would possibly classify... I still wouldn't call it a puzzle, but it felt like the most puzzle-like thing, which is you have a box of some really heavy, really valuable stuff, but How the only exit is up a cliff. How are you going to get them up there if you That's want to true. take them?
2: That felt puzzly. It felt, it, didn't, it felt like me coming up with a solution using... What, what, I ended up having rope and a winch and jumping shoes. Something, something,
1: something like. grappling hook. <laughs>
2: yeah, so there was a long-winded thing... So that, I mean they they all felt puzzled. I did that entire dungeon that my entire first session. I think I rolled like one die to to throw a shuriken at someone or something like that or throw a I didn't No, know, there was also heated.
1: there was also a collapsed bridge that you may or may not have fallen off. I can't oh, remember. Oh, that's true. But yeah, for the
2: most part, like those it was environmental puzzles, yeah, right? It's more I think less I... less like doing a crossword puzzle and more like playing a like a just Prince obstacles. of Persia game, right? Or they're or doing a Zelda dungeon, where it's about physically moving your character through the space in a way that allows you to solve that puzzle.
1: Mm. Well, I like trying to include those sorts of things in escape rooms as well, because yes, you true. always hope that they're environmental puzzles and they're not just various crosswords that have been scattered around the yes. room.
2: Yeah, right? Because, I mean, that's the same principle when you're designing escape room puzzles, is that they need to feel like they exist logically within the space. Because that's the other thing that happens with like the classic D&D riddle, Is the question of
0: why is there a riddle here? Like, who left this? Who wrote this? Why is this here? Does it have any? It's like that old red dwarf joke. What kind of person writes on the wall in their own blood? Someone who badly needed a pen. yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) It's
2: Castle of Ah. Um, But yeah, so like, and that's I think sometimes like an issue. Like, puzzles always work better when they when they when they're there organically based on the situation like so like Danny when you're designing we we just recently released an episode revisiting puzzle design for our show um but like you know Danny when you when you design an escape room you draw out what should be in a room hmm. and then you try and turn those things into puzzles yeah. as opposed to grabbing a puzzle and fitting it into a room exactly
1: like for that flowers thing there's no way I would have started with magic detecting flowers I would have started with okay so we got a cave system underground lake that sounds real yeah, and then put something in it. And then had
2: lily pads, like that sort mm. of idea. And that lends puzzles, that that creates puzzles that, that feel organic and feel like they should exist within the space and it reduces people's feeling of let's take a break from D&D and try and solve a puzzle.
0: Yeah,
1: no, know, let's
2: take a break from the game we're playing to play
0: a different game, which is solve this riddle.
1: Which, again, can work for some yeah. groups. It can work for some I, people. I think it can. Like, I, yeah, I think it,
0: that's true. I think it depends on the group and... I think this is kind of why you have, like, a... Maybe, like, say, a mid-run session zero kind of thing. Like, session 0. Sure. 0.2. It's like, hey, guys, look, I've I've got a thing. Does this sound like something you would enjoy or be interested in exploring? And I think yeah. if you...
1: and it can totally work, and some people will definitely be into it.
0: If you know the group reasonably well, I think you'll also be able to gauge from their reactions. Like, if they give you faces that say um no then Mm. i think you can safely maybe back away or even just say look (laughs) take the elements and use them later Mm. like because i think Uh, if people get used to a little bit of that then it's like boiling a frog like you know people (laughs) start to understand
1: Fair enough. I suppose we have the advantage of we've more or less only played with close friends. So the idea of gauging people's reactions and things is something that comes pretty easily to us. Mm. But there are obviously a lot of people out there who have people that they know only through their role playing groups Case in point. and who are playing <laughs> online with other people. Exactly. So yeah, it does become much more of a thing to be aware of like that. But yeah, I think this stuff can definitely all work. It just. All comes together to show you why it's not every GM's instincts to put these things together like this. Yeah.
0: No, and. Because, yeah, yeah, like, why the uh, hell, it's hard. It is, and I mean, um, well, one thing we also kind of mentioned um, in the notes that I really should have sent through much more. <laughs> That's right. Um, when it comes to engagement, like one person wrote a thing in, uh, Tabletop Obscura, saying they'd like using generic riddles, nothing too advanced, but always making sure there's a back door in. So I mean that, that applies to puzzles as well. Like, you're saying, look, it's a lock, and you could maybe find the key if if you, you know, figure out these obscure references, or you've got a rogue and they roll really well on their lockpick.
1: Hmm. And it's totally valid for your RPGs. Mm. And in our escape rooms, obviously, we can say, no, that's cheating. Well but you can that's the sort of thing that I in role-playing want to reward a lot more.
0: You could maybe kind of do it in d d by saying, no, I'm sorry, you appear to be in an adamantium room with anti-magic runes, all, with anti-magic spells all over the place. I'm really sorry, you can't do that.
1: That's fair. Aha, I think it, it will cut it'll come across, and I have definitely got a couple of things like this, like anti-magic stuff. Obviously, that's a big one. There needs to be some sort of opportunity for them to realize that beforehand, so it doesn't feel too much like an off-the-cuff excuse reason why you can say no yeah like if there was anything maybe even faintly hinting that there was anti-magic stuff going on before (laughs) you got to that part where you tried to use magic to bust open the lock then it'll feel better it's again it's totally doable the other way but if you can make it feel the more you can make it feel like this was all part of your cunning plan all along (laughs) the better
0: yeah like i um as i was saying um Bill, me and him had a little chat a couple of months ago now. And he said, oh, and I said, look, yeah. I, I'm actually really thinking of designing something for you guys. But the problem is every time I listen to Danny's puzzles, I look at everything I've done and I suddenly hate myself because I think, no, they will destroy this. You are a fraud. You, they, they will laugh at you, zoo guy. They will mock you. Like, they'll say, look, we've set aside now. hour. Okay, uh, we're done. What are we going to do with the other 45 minutes here? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking... The, look, we've
1: had lots the, of people come on guest GMing and it hasn't happened yet. I have...
0: so, yeah, that's why it'll happen okay. to me, Danny. I'll be that one. <laughs> um, the, the only thing I'm thinking is it'll be full of puns and terrible references so Bill will at least, you know, fill in time by, you know, having a great time with my puns.
1: Oh yeah, very into that. I reckon you can sometimes get a sense of how much in a room you're able to do that. Once you've done a few steps, you can start to tell exactly how much time you've got. It's like in a real escape room, we've done that once or twice, we went to the same sort of location throughout LA, they have a couple of different branches, and we started to get a feel for how quickly we could do their rooms, so eventually we went into one, and we just went... Let's just pause for a minute and appreciate how beautiful this game is. <laughs> yeah, true. Because we could. So I reckon if we ended up and on the unlikely event that that actually happened, and you design us a room, we're getting through it faster than you want. Just we can make just, that just work. Just do this. Slow
2: down. Have some character interactions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and th- th- if for people who didn't yeah, see yeah, that, I that mean, was...
1: thank you. It's very nice of you to say, but uh, look, I... also... I'm sure not. I, I
0: no. I, I binged a whole bunch of your episodes, and I was listening to the. Um, am I allowed to spoil old episodes?
1: Go for it. Okay, yeah, cool. Spoil thank the you.
0: Um, in one of your descent of the Culloden's episodes, um, there was that puzzle with the broken window and the ladles.
1: Oh boy! That was beautiful. <laughs> oh, yes,
2: that was a fun puzzle.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't it have been so much nicer if you could do that in real life, though? <laughs> Like, sometimes, on occasion, I get those ones, like, saying, oh, this would be nice to be able to actually hit things.
0: Okay, so there's going to be a little cut in there, people, where we edit this all together, because Josh thought he had to go and then he didn't. And and this will be fun for Josh to figure out and see if he can do it seamlessly.
1: And now yes. the part where yeah. we remember what we were talking about two minutes ago.
0: Um, I think what we were talking about was, um, I was saying that... Yeah, I was discussing the uh, Descent of the colors oh, thing right. and the... The broken glass and the ladle puzzle, which when they said what it was, I thought I would not have picked up on that in a million years.
1: Well, you do have to keep in mind uh, that Bill edits quite heavily, so so the, there's always they a chance that they the didn't either. I can't remember.
2: <laughs> I can't remember.
1: <laughs> Everyone sounds
2: smarter in the final edits of our
0: of our shows.
1: And you gotta okay. you gotta cut
0: out all the thinking time.
1: And we tell. So, them so when you say. Time.
0: You've got an hour. It might be a case where, well, we kind of did it a little bit more Without than an hour.
2: Oh, okay. we've had people, we've okay. had people go through a room in an hour and forty-five, and we've cut it down to an hour and five. Yeah. You know? it's
1: because unlike a real escape room, it's not like we're going to kick them out.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they're the okay. only people who are going to play this room in this setting. we we'll be like, oh, no one will ever know how it ends. None of our audience
0: will get to see the ending because you fail. <laughs> My my brain is like, but how do you find like forty minutes of waffle to cut uh, and oh, then it's very actually, yeah, that, yeah, it wouldn't be too. It's it's pretty easy. Fail the fail the number eight. No, we don't need that one. It wasn't very funny. Well, there's I mean, there's a whole thing which we don't need. It. We, like this is again
2: not super relevant to what we're talking about, but there's a whole thing of like sometimes incorrect guesses are not only boring, but they also will make the audience go the wrong way. Because they'll pick up on the incorrect thing that the player is saying And then they'll get caught up in that chain of thought So you just want to cut the whole thing So as not to poison the mind of the listeners (laughs) With the idiocy of our players
0: They're so dumb (laughs) Are there times When they have like Wait a second, here's the solution And you immediately think That's so much of a better idea than what I had.
1: Oh, that's definitely happened before. (laughs) I felt really bad. Luckily, that often happens in the playtest, so I can steal it again. That happened in Mm. the uh, Magicians episode that we did with Neil Patrick Harris. In the playtest, they came up with a solution, and I went, oh, my God, that's so much smarter. Cool, that's an edit. And which one was that? Oh, that was... I can't remember how it worked out, but... um, the mirror that was actually a door and they just had to press it from behind and but there were fingerprints on the front of it so they went okay one of us has to press from the back and one has to press from the front because there are fingerprints Mm. and there are prints (laughs) on both sides and i went well of course there are prints on both sides of course there have got to be two of them it was yeah i
0: that that was the first one i listened to and it was great
1: (laughs) oh uh, but yeah, that has totally happened. And I feel guilty sometimes, and I don't know how much Bill keeps into episodes, but I do end up apologizing sometimes when people come up with great solutions. And I say, oh, I hate saying no to this one. Which, again, that's why the GMing of your typical RPG can be much more of a relief. You don't have that guilt. I can just say yes.
0: That is I ever, true. Like, I, I have saying all... no problem. I, I, I think every dungeon master has had a moment... Where they're like, that is the best thing anyone in the history of Dungeons & Dragons has ever proposed as a solution.
1: <laughs> I'm now really excited. I was going to say no,
0: but I have <laughs> to say yes now.
1: <laughs> I'm honestly now really excited. I don't even know how much it's a real spell to make your hand intangible to reach into a locked chest. Because that would mean, presumably, you could reach in. You could find out what's in the chest by feeling it, but, but you, you can't get it out. out. Oh, that's and for some, I... that's really exciting me. <laughs>
0: I don't know if Mage Hand works that way.
1: No, I assume it wouldn't. I was hoping there'd be something that it's would gotta though there be
0: something.
2: Enter the ethereal plane, stick your head into the box, see if there's <laughs> a, something in, on the ethereal plane in there. You could do it.
0: <sighs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, then, so the box definitely... is anti magic. <laughs> your head is in there, the body is not.
1: <laughs> you have to walk around with a box, sort of, on your head forever. Oh, now I want that. Someone to have a box on their head until the party finds a way to figure out how to get rid of it. True.
2: That's awesome. And the person on the inside of the box can see things on the inside that can give clues to the people <laughs> on the outside of the box. It's just like, how do we get this, this magical box open With that's stuck around your head? You're like,
0: oh, I can't see this thing on the inside. I feel
1: like we've just invented a true escape room slash torture device.
0: <laughs> I was I was going to say, is it going to become, a, you know, I saw this podcast uh huh. Yeah, yeah it feels exactly. like Put it. this box on your head; it'll make you a better person.
2: <laughs> but, but like, but things like that. So, if we, if we, if we talk, it's just because it's come, to, like, it's jumped into my head while we're talking about it. Like the idea of that of that puzzle, which is, you know, you've got a uh, the one that was changed, the mirror, yeah, you know, the, that you need to push from both sides at once on this end and that end, and you know, it's like those sorts of things that exist environmentally are how you can fit puzzles into your D and D games that don't feel like stopping to do a puzzle. Right. And you need to find ways to use the mechanics of your D and D group or like, like the things that people enjoy, like rolling dice and you having stats and all that to act uh, not necessarily as solutions, but as clues, right? Mm. So, you know, like, we talked about the fact that there are fingerprints on the mirror that show where you would need to push it, right? Yeah. So that's cool. That's a someone with really high perception who rolls a great perception check, feels validated because you say, you notice, not, you notice this is a two-way, this is a, a door that can spin. You say, you notice there are some fingerprints on this side of the mirror, but you have to leave the play to figure out what that means, right? Like someone who's super strong, you don't give them the, the ability to, to open the door by pushing it. But you say like okay you push really hard and you notice that like it's uh starts to move and then it clicks like there's some other thing that needs like it hits a separate mechanism and then it stops you can't push past that right it's another way to give ideas that there is some other thing like you use the information that you can get from from successful checks to make them to give them like environmental clues Right? And that's it. how you can still have people feel like they're playing a D&D game and they're still playing the system and having a character without taking away things like that that can act as puzzles. And right? still feeling
1: yeah, right. like even, the, even if there is a puzzle there, the strength person still contributed.
2: You, hugely. They found a solution. So therefore they don't need to have a character who can solve puzzles. They had a character who just pushed things and they were big orc barbarian and they weren't that smart and you know, whatever. But they can still, as a player, contribute to solving a puzzle mm. as, as in a group.
0: A, I need to write some of this down. Um, In (laughs) fact, I just wrote down put a box on someone's (laughs) head. Fair. Because that'll be fun. Um, But also, I mean, if someone's trying to lever a lock, you could even give them a little bit of the um, the sequence to open it so they start to have an understanding of the logic of the other puzzles as well. Mm. And that's cool. Like, I mean, one of the things I mentioned to you guys is there was an, an article I found Um, by a guy calling himself the angry GM who says puzzles suck and I think we'd all disagree Um, and he goes on about the fact that you know look some people love puzzles other peoples don't love puzzles Um, and and this is all kind of about you know how do you manage player engagement some people hear puzzle and they just go like no not for me I'm here to chat with I'm, I'm here to chat with, you know, gorgeous NPCs and, and hit people. Um, How which, is figuring
1: oh. out the right cues to use to seduce the <laughs> wench barmaid not a puzzle in well, itself? Well, exactly. See,
2: this is my point. And I made this point before the episode. I'm going to make it again. Tavern
1: wench. That was the word I was looking for.
2: The angry GM is wrong. Nobody hates puzzles. <laughs> no one in the world hates puzzles. They think they might hate puzzles and they're wrong. They don't understand themselves. They love. First of all, um,
0: that barmaid is a strong, independent woman. Second of all, she's not into you. But that barbarian you've got, she kind of likes the cut of her (laughs) jib. Yeah, right. But
1: Uh, but no, like I I I disagree fundamentally. You're just going about it the entire wrong way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Get the barbarian to flex.
2: Um, (laughs) But no, I, I I I look. I'm gonna I'm gonna be. I'll get it. It's a podcast. You're going to make controversial statements. No one hates puzzles. You cannot be a human being and not like puzzles. It's not how humans are wired. right? It's just that you don't like what you consider to be a puzzle. right? You're not going to shy away when given a puzzle. You're going to shy away when someone says, hey, here's a puzzle for you. And then you're going to go, oh, no. Right? But like, I think human people... biology is built on enjoying puzzles and solving puzzles.
1: I'm not very good at the whole introspective philosophical discussion side <laughs> that can come across in a lot of podcasts. But I suppose it comes into a fair question. What is a puzzle? Well, exactly, right? Let's like, interlace my fingers as we discuss puzzles, this.
2: Puzzles in d and yeah. games... We, we all start stroking our like chins and putting glasses on.
1: Everyone's already got
2: puzzles in their d games, right? They just don't, like, think about them as puzzles.
1: What is the difference between solving a riddle, having a chest on someone's head that needs unlocking, and figuring out that a troll is resistant to certain things or weak against certain or other
2: things. Or min-maxing a character is solving a puzzle. Like, ha- having a conversation with someone is solving a puzzle. And I'm not like, saying
1: there's no difference. I just think yeah, it's worth asking what are, is like, the difference. And look, I am
2: perfectly happy to say there are lots of people who hate types of puzzles. I am not going to say everyone would enjoy a crossword. Lots mm-hmm. of people hate crosswords. Lots of people hate the various mechanics they need to go through to solve certain puzzles and that puts them off the Has idea of Has anyone ever
1: enjoyed currency exchange in their D&D game? <laughs> Apparently like there are things if you go back in the rules far enough that talk about the different values of the monetary currencies per city. Oh really? Like, that's not consistent of, yeah. Yeah, throughout a long the long
2: time, land. Right? Now you may not enjoy that. That's awesome. But, but even just stuff like if you're playing the game and you're like, "Okay, I'm gonna run and find cover because they're shooting me with arrows." Oh, ha! You solved a puzzle. <laughs> yes, I snuck it in. It's that cover stops arrows. You did it, right? Like, <laughs> like it's just like discovering anything, figuring anything out. Like it's you. You hide your puzzles in those, right? Because they're not separate from gameplay. Like we've talked about how puzzles can be really hard to fit in, but they're also Impossible not to have in your game in some form.
1: It's funny because right? it feels like I'm about to go into my same thing. I tutor maths uh, to kids, and you know, kids, maths, who knows how they're going to react to that. And I try to get across that the reason I like maths is because it is puzzles, because all maths is about, it's not about numbers or anything like that. It is about logical step jumps. It is about saying, if I have this information, what else do I know? And that feels like all this is. I know that lots of arrows are coming towards me what can I glean from this information? Probably that someone or something is shooting arrows at me and that I would like something to stop them being shot at me.
2: Yeah. So, like, what what, pe- what people hate is being given, like, this is a puzzle. Ooh, can you solve my secret puzzle? That can be annoying, right? There are people who don't like that, right? They don't like the idea of, oh, this isn't the game I signed up to play. Why am I doing this? But that's not, if, if those are the people, that's not how you present puzzles to them. But you're still going to give them something, right? You're still going to have them, at some point, have a thought. And as soon as they're having a thought, they're practically sol- they're going to be solving a puzzle. It's just I, how you construct them.
0: I, I think it's also how do you get people to the table. Because if you say to them, hey, do you want to come along and experience a shared hallucination and do math? They're probably going to say, <laughs> no. <laughs> but if you say, hey, yeah, exactly. do you want to come around and, and tell a story and have some good fun times with some people who are going to be the loveliest people you've ever met, they're probably going to be like, oh, yeah? And then you say, and there's pizza, and they're like, well, yeah, hey. i mean, <laughs> That's it. I'm sold. <laughs> Carbs and people. Yes.
1: Ah, oh, it's so fascinating, the different things that will draw people in.
0: <laughs> yeah, we all, we all find our reason. I mean, I, I, I agree with you, Bill. Like, I think... I think the entirety of things like D and D and and whatnot—they are puzzles. Like getting to know someone well enough where you're prepared to be vulnerable with them at a table, is a puzzle. Oh man.
2: Mm. But even if you just think of like setups for like scenarios, like setups like like you 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 know that something has been stolen, right? And you're trying to, and you were also trying to steal it because of you were paid to go get it, or or that's your you know that's this kind of setup for the campaign. So it's this idea of all right, well. How do we figure out who stole it?
1: I was going to say mysteries, like a murder mystery. That's a puzzle, but it is so much more common than what you would normally think of yes. as puzzles yes. in a tabletop campaign. Yeah.
2: People think, "How do I put a puzzle into my game?" and they start going to 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 cryptic spinning things and 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 inputs. But the they puzzles. don't
1: realize that the, mur- the when the town yeah. the, when the town mayor got murdered last week. That is absolutely you know, a puzzle. And
2: then you have character-based solutions, right? Where you think, well, my guy's a rogue and he has these street smarts, so I'm going to go talk to a gang of people. That's like the next step on solving this. And they'll have some information in the gang about like, oh, yeah, some guy's been so selling stolen artwork down by the pier. Maybe, the guy, maybe he bought that stolen artwork you're looking for. You've got the next step of your solution.
0: And and, and we get to hear the uh, the, the one character voice I've heard Bill use across so many of the podcasts. Thank you. I was looking forward to it. I have Um. lots
2: of character voices. (laughs) This is just my (laughs) favourite. No, oh, we'll no, fine, I'll, I'm up to the challenge. And then the other person's like, okay, well, it's a piece of art that went missing. I'll talk to some high society people. And then you get there and they're like, oh, well, you know, of course, our, our stolen goods have gone missing, of course, but it's nothing to us. I have 80,000 gold pieces on me right now. Would you like 100? And then they give you 100 gold.
1: Well, that was actually funny. <laughs> it's puzzle no, solved. Absolutely nothing to do with that character thing. But uh, when, I, when we did do a murder mystery, which you've almost solved... Uh, yes. in our current Savage Worlds campaign I feel like you took a bit too much out of our escape room stuff mm. because when you were investigating you did no roles you didn't try to use any talents or anything to help glean information so when you ended up saying I don't know anything I just went well you didn't do anything. Do everything <laughs> at your disposal. All you did was talk to one guy who might well be lying to you. Who the heck knows? Should have used my
2: cool stats and should have rolled some dice.
1: You could have perceived anything.
2: Right? Because, same way, right? Use, use stat checks to give clues. Mm. And I just didn't take, make any, so I didn't get any clues.
0: <laughs> I think you can also make failures a success in some ways.
1: Oh, like you, absolutely. You can, if someone fails, you can
0: say, that. well, you failed, but. Mm. This happens and that gives potentially some feedback to say, well, it's a failure, but, you know, it that little failure puts you just that one little step further towards success.
1: Absolutely. And that's definitely a thing that carries over into these escape rooms as well. Mm. You definitely want no but yes. to be the thing that happens there. Because if someone has gone so far into an incorrect answer that they've really and truly acted on it, you want to give them the slightest of nudges into why that was not correct.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It is something I, I like about um, listening to your episodes. the The way that you and, and it is also a thing of like listening to quite a few of them. Like the the evolution of Danny as the as the puzzle master.
1: Oh, I'm glad um, you can notice something. I because yeah, we were talking about this yesterday whether anything had changed, and I just went. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> yes.
0: There is even a moment where you exclaim, "I'm so happy! I can just say no to people."
1: I, and I thought, "Yeah, good for you, I Danny. knew that I needed to be able to do that."
0: But there, uh, there's a definite kind of um, there's a really, really lovely management of people in your podcast when it comes to like letting them down in the right way.
1: Oh, well, I mean, the entire aim is to make them feel good about themselves in the end. And if they get through things, then it means that I designed something that was doable. So that's great for me too. It's like, you hear sometimes um, escape room GMs and d and GMs, you hear about the idea of them being a bit adversarial, which again, maybe for some groups, that's okay. But for the most part, it's about having a shared experience that leaves everyone feeling good. So the idea of the GM actively wanting to destroy you is crazy.
0: I've, I've found the best time for the DM to pull a shenanigan the best time it's like riding a wave so if they're heisting and they've got past the first wall they've had the few little social encounters they've got past that they're in the vault they're turning the key in the lock to the thing and then the key breaks in the lock that's when you do it
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then you can suddenly say, well, it was your fault. You did it too strong. This is the consequences of your actions, <laughs> yeah. not mine. Yeah. Like it's, it,
0: and it's the best moment because there's suddenly, like, the tension build up, and then you destroy it, not by giving a success, but by giving failure at the worst time. And then it's like, all right, let's see you people fly by the seat of your pants now.
1: Uh, yeah, that can be pretty, pretty great. It takes a special skill to get them when they're not expecting it because they can be so suspicious of you because of all the power you have. So to manage to catch them off guard, even with all of that is pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm running like two, three groups or something, depending on the way you count it. And I'm in one group where um, one of my players from our Margreave thing is our dungeon master. And he has this way of sitting And looking into the camera, that just immediately makes me suspicious of him. (laughs) Because he does this thing where he hides...
1: Oh, he's got a smile under there. (laughs) Exactly.
0: And it's like, but he might not be. Because he's done that so many times and nothing's been wrong. And it's like, I know what you're doing, Cameron. I know what you're doing to me. Well, I I love
2: ideas like that. I love ideas to to not give away situations. Like, one of my favourite things that, that people do when when people do it is in systems like uh well pretty much any any system that has a combat uh moment there's a way to kind of enter a mode for combat right in D you roll initiative in savage worlds you draw cards etc etc to do that in non-combat situations <laughs> is a re- is always really fun like just like stuff yeah. starts to get heated you're like roll initiative no one's attacking yet let's let's get down let's really get you know so you feel this tension you know you're like okay well it's, you know it's your action it's like and so you just keep saying this that the other and then nothing happens no fight ever breaks out and everything dissipates but you use those those transitional moments to just like build tension and then people aren't always like initiative that's right let's go fight they have these moments like you know it's like it's like asking for Is perception checks when there's nothing to see you know it's like oh, well that's a brutal. perception check okay okay no that's all right just get an idea of how you're feeling
0: I I have just written down role initiative without a fight. It's a
2: great, it's a really fun way to just suddenly get everyone just like on edge. You you create in your players a sense of tension that the characters should have. That's interesting because I feel like the
1: role perception is something that could have a whole podcast dedicated to how to make that work without. Causing problems in itself. Yeah. yeah fair so the well, idea of doing that I, with initiative is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can come
2: back and talk about perception checks. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is all interesting because you have built a decent amount of GM experience, and yeah. more than me. So, I don't, have you ever felt like you're incorporating puzzles? I think I've. I I don't know
2: if I used to think of them as puzzles. I would have thought of them as challenges or things mm, to obstacles. Like, obstacles, but they they were in the form of puzzles. Mm. They 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 were things that needed. A, a solution to figure this all out. I remember once playing in a campaign where there was a central like mystery or puzzle that we never figured out because we, uh, we were too lucky. Oh, yeah. Because we were being sent on missions that were supposed to be impossible by a person who it turned out was actually a bad guy, not a good guy like we thought. He was trying to get us killed by sending on, us on these impossible missions. But we ended up just killing everybody in the impossible missions and, and doing them all. And it's like, we never figured out this was a trick because it was all so easy for us because we rolled absurdly well. Um, this is what I
1: th- feel th- like. There is,
0: there is always that like circumstance that a that a dungeon master comes up against where someone will just roll something that's like. Uh, 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 yeah.
2: Actually, actually, it happened with something you've already mentioned, which is oh. we were fighting an ogre who was way, <laughs> yeah. way, way too. No, 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 it'd be a troll, right? It was it was in MURP, so it's a troll uh, that was way too strong for us. We were such an underleveled party, but someone rolled so perfectly that they got the exact crit that you read out oh Oh, that one my favourite yeah the arrow went straight through its ear out in in one ear out the other killed it in one so it's an instant kill crit and so we killed it in one shot (laughs) instead of needing this fight that we were never going to win because he rolled Ooh. absurdly, like like in in uh, like in two Mer- open-ended crit. any you have open ended rolls. So if you roll ninety six or above, you roll again and add it. And I think he rolled ninety six, then ninety eight, and then like eighty two, and he got this absurdly high roll. Uh. So you know he got like two hundred and seventy out of a hundred, uh, and so he end up with this amazing crit.
1: This is why sometimes it's nice to have homebrew things where you can make up your own bad guys, so you can make up the conditions under which they can actually die. Ooh. Maybe its mm. brain isn't there, yeah. Oh, so no that right. crit can't possibly Ooh. apply. Sorry. I-
0: at the end of the first homebrew campaign I ran, um, and this this was a build, <laughs> they found a book which was like the book of forbidden names. It's no, like it's how to summon lot. demons and how to control them using their true names.
1: Nice. And when they
0: did, a, a devil said to them, you know, hey, uh, you should really burn that book. It's going to save you all kinds of trouble. Just burn it. And they didn't because they figured, well, it's a devil telling us to burn a book. Like, you know, that's... <laughs> Probably shouldn't listen to him. Sure. But at the end of the campaign, it turns out that is exactly what they had to do. Mmm. Ooh. I like it. And they hated my... Okay, no, they didn't hate my guts. They thought, Josh, what would have happened if we'd burned the book? And I said, I would have figured something out so much worse than what I just did. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, that's brilliant. I would have
0: Pandora's booked you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, it all burns, but only the pages burn. The covers remain, and every day a new page comes back.
0: <laughs> no, you burn the papers. You, 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 burn, you burn the paper, but you've never burned the names. All you've done is set the names free. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Beautiful. I mean, yes. this is why on the bad guy stuff and all of that. I don't necessarily put their brains somewhere that you wouldn't expect so you can't stab them in the brain, but I like doing things like, um, I know, like try, a to, make, try <laughs> to make the environment more related to killing them. Like mm. just putting in a bad guy that, sure, it's killable, but it's also made of stone, so I don't think you level one guys are going to be able to stab it hard enough to kill rock. So you might have to do something else.
2: Well, we had that. That was we had that early on in like we fought some rock guys. You did in your campaign in in our current campaign. Oh, you did. Which we couldn't hurt well enough, but we could. But we knew that we had
1: on hand
2: items that were magically designed
1: to make quarrying easier.
2: We found them in a quarry uh, like ages earlier in the game that we we brought them along. This was the box that I took out of that cave in my intro story. They were magic. All we knew about them were that they were magic items that made quarrying easy. So when we got into a fight with some monsters made of stone, uh, one of us thought, like, hey, why don't we use that magic pick? Like, throw me that pick. And we threw it and and, hit, and, that did, and just, like, cut through them like butter and, they, and we could actually kill them with it, right? And that it was, was never
1: something I intended to happen. Okay, and we didn't sit
0: it? and stop and do a puzzle. Did, did, you, did, you, did you have a bard in that game? No. No. Oh, Savage Worlds it's a classless system,
2: babies.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, because I was just Why thinking, yeah, might, might try and roll that seduce and, and try and get their rocks off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Save it for the
0: start oh, of next oh, episode. Man. <laughs> oh, no. You I, I would potentially recommend people don't go back and listen to all the terrible jokes. No, go, go really back. Just... People,
1: go back yes. and make a
0: supercut. Yes, Put it on cons- YouTube.
1: Consider that. <laughs>
0: Josh's terrible BDSM puns, please don't. Actually, you know what? If someone manages to track my wife down on social media and say, hey, here's a list of jokes your husband made, she'd probably say, man, he's really not bringing his A game. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like that is a great example of what was a puzzle
2: in your campaign that didn't feel like we were sitting and solving a puzzle, but required puzzle solving to win the fight.
1: Yeah, if well, like, um, not that you even needed to win that fight, if you didn't want to, yeah, but we could have also just that left. was the we puzzle that you decided thought. to engage. We forced
2: ourselves into a puzzle
0: and then we solved it. <laughs> well, there's a um, in the in the Margrave campaign that I'm running, which is a, a, a it's a Cobalt Press adventure. Ah, yeah. The first one is a thing called the Hollow Man, and this creature, um, spoilers for whoever wants to go back and listen to it, and. Um, It is completely resistant to non-magical damage.
1: Nice, exactly. But
0: throughout the lead-up to that fight, there is all this discussion of you have to burn it. Okay. Now, the Hollow Man, if you were to do this as a standard combat encounter, will kill these players. Mm -hmm. Like, it has two attacks. It's essentially a golem. It's got a cool magical scythe it does a lot of damage and it could just Mm. wipe... it could destroy them really easily. But... and this is kind of part of the puzzle where the DM has to have some, like, no, I need to get in the head of this monster, not in my head and not what's going to, you know, kill them. The monster has to treat these players like flies. Mm. It's not going to dedicate the time to try and swat one directly into the ground. Because we don't do that with flies. We just, like, wave and then we get on with our lives. And so I I think there's a level where the GM has to have that level of, like, I'm not telling you, but I'm having good faith with you by acting this way because that is how the monster has to act.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's nice.
0: Um, And then one of them managed a a nat 20 to throw a flaming log into the middle of it (laughs) with Vine Whip, which... Produced the mental image of a large creature made of sticks and branches holding a scythe on fire, and I thought that's a metal album. I'd list- I'd hilarious. buy that album. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be throwing money at my computer. <laughs> cool. uh, um, I-, I think we've uh, we- we've we've almost got like usually the 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 amount of time I've done. Um, so. I'd say the conclusions of our conversation is a, everyone loves puzzles. Everyone loves puzzles. Everything is a puzzle. Everything's yep. a puzzle. People should go listen to all of your podcasts because they're delightful and lovely, and you can listen to them with your children in the car, um, and and not be too worried about naughty language here and there.
2: There's nothing. that no, no shits are above. Is our is our motto. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's our motto. It might, that's our motto. That's our, our show's <laughs> second tagline.
0: No no shits above. That's probably also a really good potential economic theory as well. Um, oh. I'm not a good person. Um, if, if you had to say to someone, look, here is a good collection of easy puzzles or easy resources to pick up. Do you, do you have like a... Like, does Danny have like a Google Doc which is like, "All uh, right, haven't used the... I haven't used the Julius Caesar cipher for a bit. Reckon oh, I'll throw man. that in.
1: I super don't like not at all because I always say this: puzzles are the last thing I come up with in my rooms. Somehow,
2: mm. well, I think general advice if you're going to try and have puzzles in your game is you don't like don't look at a resource for puzzles first. Look at your look at your game, look at your world, and see where. Based on the objects in your game, you could make something happen that's puzzly. And right? what
1: sort of asshole character may have decided to put a puzzle somewhere? And once you've got that, <laughs>
2: once you've got that, yeah. maybe there'll be a point somewhere in this. Like, often for Danny's designs, they're they're like this goes to this goes to this goes to this goes to the solution. It's like a little web of arrows.
1: Yeah, I draw arrows a lot.
2: Do that. Find like they need to get to the door. Something in the under the chair will help them get out of the door. The chair you can't lift unless you've done something over here, etc. Make a make a point go from point A to B, C, D, E. If you think at some point, one of those things, based on your group or based on the, the temperament of your characters, like the 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 either the NPC or your players, if you think one of them should be a puzzle puzzle, like a real, like here they have to solve a puzzle as one of these steps. Then at that point you can look at a resource. We like one of the ones that we've used is like there's a Penguin Book of Puzzles, which you can sort of appropriate into other things. Try and think of puzzle games that you have played. If you've played like The Witness, you can use a Witness style uh, puzzle. Yeah,
1: you know what? That's a good idea. Puzzle and point and click style, point and click. Uh, yeah, point and click games. adventures feel better Fantastic for D and D. Reference.
2: Do not ever just put in a modern. Style. If you stick a Sudoku into your d and game...
1: <laughs> there better be a bloody then, good reason for it.
2: Yeah, then your bad guy has to be the Sudoku man. I'm the Sudoku man. <laughs> do another Sudoku or I'll kill this small town. Like, other than that, like... I
0: mean, don't that, that kind of thing could lead to some crosswords. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but yeah, so, so look at your environment. That was my sad pig.
1: That was my sad cartoon
2: <laughs> the pig dying. Pig. I, I've heard that a few times also. Um, but yeah, like that's if you, that's the process. Look at your world, find what fits, that makes sense, and then if you need to, like we talked earlier, right? You've got a piece of glass that can only be pushed and turned into a door if you push the right places. Think of some some checks that work within your system, be it D anD D or whatever, that can elicit a specific clue, and especially if you know the groups that, gonna, that is going to play it. Look at your wizard's spell list and be like, oh, here's what those spells totally could find out as a clue and collect that. Don't think of them as solutions. Come up with your solution.
1: Yeah, I don't like getting too far into puzzle design until I know who the characters yeah, are going to be. And then
2: find out what they can do to help elicit that solution. Or come up with an obstacle and then just take your hands off and be like, i play, play it by ear to see like the two different feelings. But both of which are puzzles, both of which are, are valid. They just feel slightly different. There's a different sense of accomplishment.
0: I would also um, potentially be ready to point out, there are also times when you need to break little things to get them on the right track.
1: Definitely. You know what I think is a good one? And it's like, obviously, everyone knows the Adventure Zone exists. One of the Adventure Zone's little one-shot things that they did where the characters were going through the team-building exercises so like they had a the floor is lava they've got one of those walls like when you go in a kid's camp and everyone needs to climb over the wall and you've just got to use teamwork to figure out how and they were doing those things but with D and D sorts of things so they were able to break them in various ways while still making them work and they do it really effectively i mm, think it's that's a fun actually one a really good at.
2: episode to listen to for open solution puzzles in a, in a, in that okay. kind of setting,
0: wh- wh- which one was that? I'm going to put that in the show notes. Uh, was it a live show? I think,
2: I think it was it one of the early live, early live shows where they were doing like a camp experience. They, were, they went to tr- like a training camp, a
1: team building sort of thing.
2: Uh, if we can find it, we can. I can see, maybe we can see if we can send you a link as well.
1: But that's I, a good I've one, one to down look look at. Adventure
0: Zone live show because I listened to yeah. a couple of their things and it, it actually made me really like the system they were playing. And I thought, oh that's one I've got to write down to, to play later because I think mm. it'll be good fun.
2: Yeah, but so yeah, like that's a really good way of of not restricting the solution but giving an obstacle. It's a really good like uh, like instructional sort of thing to watch or to listen to uh, to get an idea of how to deal with those things and what to allow and what to and what to fight. Um, You know, a lot of things are solved by levitation. Yep, that's true. And if you know your wizard can levitate. Work out, but because it could also be that maybe you've got an obstacle that's really easily solved by levitation, and no one in your party knows how to levitate. And maybe their solution is to go back to town and find some wizard for hire who can levitate, <laughs> and you can accept that as a
0: valid solution. You know, you ah, yeah. oh, that's cool. They've I understood. Know, I what think, they I need think to do. anything. I think anything that at the end of the day, like I'd, I'd say anything that solves the puzzle at the end of the day and makes the player. Character, you know, behind that mask or whatever, think I am a genius.
2: Yes, cool. yes, exactly. You want yeah. your players to feel smart. Uh,
1: also, it's the Adventure Zone Max FunCon East Live.
2: Yeah, there's lots of really fun ways to do it. Um, you can get really puzzly if you need to. You can stay fairly puzzle light, but use your environment to solve things. And if you can give it, give it a a motivation give it a thought right super easy situation is someone's locked in a cell right you talk about this you're in a cell there's a metal door there's stone walls and give them things within that space that helps them get out Give them a hold to the next cell. The guy in the next cell has something that they can, if they get from him by a bargaining or giving him something he wants, they'll get the little half a key, and then the other half of the key is a rock that they found in the corner, but they can't get it because there's like a bird in the nest that keeps attacking them. So make them find a way to get this, so they get bread from someone else, and then the bird gets out of the nest, and they take the thing out of the nest, and they open the door, and then they're out. There's a clear motivation
0: I did just have that um, mental image of that episode of uh, Blackadder when um, Rick Mile is in the cell and he says, well, there's me and there's Mr. Key. (laughs) And it's a key made of, like, a stick and his old teeth. And it's like... (laughs) But, yeah, right, like, you can do these things. But funny, yeah. (laughs) But, like,
2: it's a clear, simple little situation. But if if all those little solutions feel thematic, they're going to feel so proud of themselves when they get that key
1: but you also have, you can still give together. them the opportunity to play around because if there is a solution where chopping off their own hand will somehow let them out yeah that's got to be an option you can give them
0: yeah and I think <laughs> at the same time I'd be very careful I mean I think at that point in time like if someone reached that solution and it was something that the group was not okay with I'd say guys let, let's take a two minute break mm. because I oh, think you're sure. a bit into this (laughs) yeah fair and I don't want you to do something that is going to make these other people not have a nice night
1: totally
2: yeah I mean and that is a good blanket rule in general right someone's always going to try and seduce someone and maybe someone's going to be not comfortable with that right someone's going to be like oh I know what I'll do I'll get the guard into my cell and seduce them and steal the king like oh actually
1: yeah this is a great game there are (laughs) are possibilities for everything in this game but when the aim is to have fun keep it to that
2: good general rule make Make sure sure everyone's feeling good right if you have safety tools that you use use safety tools
0: like some kind of word that makes people feel not endangered Hmm. yeah Hmm.
1: Yeah, So that Why seems that like be? a good conclusion Puzzles are great if they make you feel great Just feel great guys
2: Yeah that's what you need to do Everyone <laughs> feel good
1: Everyone feel good and make other excellent. people
2: around you feel good
0: Yeah that, that's a good rule for life um, Excellent um, Guys thank you uh, Sorry um, people thank you very very much for your time um, Sorry oh, that's a verbal you. tick I'm, I'm going to put to death one day um, th- Thank you very much and, and thank you very much for your podcast Like it's I, I tripped over it by accident somehow, and um, I, I do want to say, everyone, Bill is just the nicest, loveliest man that you could potentially meet on Twitter, because he's more than willing to have a talk with you, because he's just a lovely, lovely man, and that's what led to this. Like, I just reached out and said, hey, could we have a talk about this kind of thing? And you said, sure. And I thought, oh, yeah. thank you. I've solved solved the puzzle (laughs) That's
2: it, it's a very easy solution Just send me a message on Twitter Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know Some people, indie podcasting There's no room to not Try and, like, raise All ships, you know, like Just let everyone grow It's all helpful and everyone's friendly
1: Except for the true crime podcast, they flirt on their own
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true Uh, Actually, the one you should listen to In those is Scam Goddess It's great Oh, Alright
2: We'll stick it yep. on the list. Uh, but yeah, fun. there's some like I'm always happy. And if anyone's listening to this and you have questions about puzzles or D and D or podcasting, I think we or anything, managed to
1: do a good job at sounding authoritative and like we knew this. Hey, look, yeah, we, yeah, yeah we I, I
0: would, would say you definitely passed your persuasion roll.
1: We've done. <laughs>
2: we've we've done international convention <laughs> talks about this sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, look, if you have any, if you want any follow up questions, or if you just want to talk about podcasting in general, or, or, or Tabletop stuff in general, or, or anything, yeah. Send us a message. We're at esk this podcast. Um, we're always Excellent. happy to talk.
0: And I am at nerdy people d n d because I didn't want to put an ampersand in there because <laughs> I'm not. I don't know if everyone knows what an ampersand is.
1: I certainly don't know if it's linguistically common across languages. I wonder how
2: it turns up on a screen reader for for blind people. Ooh, boy. Does it say the word ampersand? Because that would be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never play yeah, D&D again if annoying. my screen reader always
0: said ampersand <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> Fair, thank you so much, it's been really lovely talking yeah, thank to you, you this for having super this in depth we, we, a we
0: will have to do something with perception at some point
2: Yeah, oh, I'm, we're, look, we're, I've, I've got opinions on perception checks and I've got stories about perception checks I'm I, always happy to come back and talk about it. I them.
1: have lots of questions Excellent. and no solutions <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, questions are more interesting anyways <laughs> Excellent. Well, people, we're going to leave it there. Please go listen to Bill and Danny's lovely podcast. Please go listen to mine and take Mm -hmm. care of each other. Love each other as much as you can. Yeah, come on, guys. Come on, people. people. Come on, folks. Go love each other. What is wrong? Just love each other.